Mary had a little man. The fall. We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream. Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Roach Show. Turn up your mind. I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? What done? The fatal encounter between the unidentified officer and 26-year-old Patrick Leoya began as a traffic stop over a license plate that didn't match the vehicle's registration. Leoya appears to walk away from the officer and then resist before running. Multiple videos, including from the officer's body camera, his dash cam, a cell phone, and a security camera captured what happened next. The two appear to wrestle over control of the officer's taser. It deploys twice into the ground. Then, as this video shot by the car's passenger shows, while on top of Leoya's back, the officer fires a single shot, striking Leoya in the head. The Grand Rapids police chief released the video despite an ongoing investigation, saying the community needed to see what happened. So a taser is not per se a deadly weapon. The taser is what would be known as an intermediate weapon. Under Michigan law, an officer can use deadly force to prevent death or bodily harm. They're not identifying the officer, but the seven-year veteran is on paid administrative leave pending the investigation. After the video release, hundreds gathered to demand justice. Leoya, who was a father to two young daughters, was a refugee from the Democratic Republic of Congo. In a statement, attorney Ben Crump, who's representing the family, demanded charges against the officer. Saying in part, the video clearly shows that this was an unnecessary, excessive and fatal use of force against an unarmed black man who was confused by the encounter and terrified for his life. That frustration flooded Tuesday's packed city commission meeting. You share the blame. The blood is on your hands too. We never had to lose someone at all. Patrick Leoya was cut down in the prime of his life. The Michigan State Police are leading the investigation. When it's finished, it will be up to the Kent County prosecutor to decide if charges are warranted. Okay, so imagine you're the Kent County prosecutor. Do you prosecute? Do you think you could prosecute? Could you get a guilty verdict beyond a reasonable doubt in Grand Rapids, Michigan, with these videos, with these? That's the question. That's the question. And, you know, I watched uh, every angle from every uh, advantage, from every vantage point that there was to have to watch. Some of it's in the homework, so you can see it. The passenger's video, which was, uh, you know, uh, Patrick's friend who was sitting in the front seat, he is, uh, you know, his video is there to be seen. Uh, obviously, there's video from a ring doorbell or some, you know, home surveillance system, but it's really from across the street and it's far away. But all you can see is uh, that Patrick uh, Leoya uh, was running away. You can see the officer's body cam video, which is very up close and personal, except for when the officer actually starts, you know, Patrick Le Leoya uh, ran away. He ran away. Now, here's, here's something we need to insert just for your information so you have a complete picture when you decide whether or not you could prosecute, which is the question. Uh, Patrick Leoya is from the Congo. He's a Congolese man. 
English is not his first language. You need to understand that. And the culture of America is not his embedded culture. Okay. He in the and the reason why I say that is because I I looked it up, and in the Congo, from what people were saying about it, is when a police officer stops you or your uh you know uh, traffic stopped in uh, the Congo, you get out of your vehicle. In the United States, when a police officer stops you, unless he tells you to get out of your vehicle, you remain in your vehicle. And this police officer told this, uh, this particular 26-year-old man with two little kids at home that he should stay in the car. And Patrick did not stay in the car. He got out of the car and he stood by the car. And the officer said, I told you to stay in the car. And he seems dazed. He seems confused about what he, Patrick, is supposed to do. But the officer told him, get in the car, get in the car. He didn't get in the car. The officer approaches, I'm going to show you the body cam video from the officer. Uh, the officer approaches and says to him, you know, he asks, why are you stopping me? What did I do? And the officer tells him, which is, you know, kind of not normal. Normally, police never tell me what I did. You know, <laughs> never. I mean, when I was younger, they would talk to me, but now they don't. You know, now they don't. They just say, sit there, you know, I'll be back. But uh, when I was younger, they would say, hi, how you doing? What's going on? Can I see your license and registration? Blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, just stay there. I'll be right back. Anyway, the officer tells him that what he pulled him over for is that the plate on the car, the license plate on the car, doesn't match the car, which is worthy of being pulled over. So the officer tells Patrick this. And Patrick, uh, you know, still is standing there as if he doesn't understand. And then the officer explains it to him again. The plates don't match the car. Do you have a driver's license? And he said, you know, do you speak English? And uh, Patrick indicates that he does. But I've answered that question, you know, uh, do you speak Spanish? And uh, I've said yes when really I should have said something other than yes. I should have said a little or I should have said more or less or I should have said some, right? But I said yes. Anyway, he says yes. And the police officer then says, you know, do you have a license? Let me see your license. And Patrick still stands there sort of confused. And he said, do you have a license? And he said, yes. Where is it? In the car. And the officer says, okay, then get it. And Patrick opens the door, and obviously there's a passenger in the front seat, which we don't know until this point. And he asks the passenger to find his driver's license, which is odd. And at some point, the passenger either communicates to Patrick or Patrick realizes something happens where he turns around and he can't produce a license. And instead of saying anything about the inability to produce the license, he runs. He runs. And so the police officer runs after him. Now, my question is simple. Why do we run after people? Why do we do that? I'm not really sure why we do that. Why don't you just, you have a license plate, you have a car, you have somebody who's outside of the car, just call for somebody to come with a tow truck or call for somebody for backup or something like this. 
this is this is where it becomes a a a a, a game of of cat and mouse, and of course that escalates the tension in the situation. And I thought that we had had this conversation so many times, so many times, that we understood and that good police officers understood that the goal here was to de-escalate these situations. And yet, we still escalate these situations. We still ramp it up, get the adrenaline flowing, start chasing people, running after people, shouting at people the whole nine yards. And Patrick did resist. There's no question he resisted arrest. He resisted really hard. They rolled on the grass. This went on and on and on for a good solid three minutes. And when you're fighting like that, three minutes is a long time. He pulls out the police officer. We don't know his name. Police officer pulls out his taser. He's a very bad shot. He takes a shot. It goes into the ground. He does it again. The shot goes into the ground. At this point, Patrick grabs for the taser. These are the facts you will have if you prosecute this. He grabs for the taser. The police officer is saying, let go of the taser, let go of the taser. You can clearly hear that on at least one video clearly hear it and the officer then climbs on top of Patrick and executes him doesn't put a bullet in his shoulder he puts it in the back of his head all things Randy at randyroads.com go go for launch speaking truth to power the Randy Rhodes show all right, I, c- I could show you the whole thing. Uh, the whole thing is about uh, three minutes from beginning to end, but I'm not going to do that. I just, uh, I'm just going to play you the passenger in the car with Patrick, his video, his cell phone video. Clearly, you will hear the police officer saying, let go of the taser. Let go of the taser. This is after uh, this, this kid, he's 26, uh, with two little kids. This is after Patrick uh, resisted arrest and ran and ran. He, he just, I don't know if he was terrified. I don't know if he was guilty. We don't know, and we'll never know because he's dead, okay? But this is how, uh, this is how the struggle uh, actually came to a conclusion. Let go of the taser! No, he ain't grabbing the taser. I see it. Let go of the taser! See the fatal gunshot in 10 seconds. Warning. Drop the taser! Drop the taser. Oh, okay. Get back! Get back! 1915. I'll just involve this shooter. Okay, and, and that is how a traffic stop ended in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's how it ended. And this happened a while ago. We only just saw the video because people in Grand Rapids were protesting to get the video released so that the uh, people in Grand Rapids could see what happened to this young man. They could see what happened to Patrick uh, Leoya. And so finally the uh, police released the video. 
that's why we have the video. Now, I mean, we could, it's traumatic video. It's harsh video. There's no question it's hard to watch. But remember the days before we had video? Remember the days when everybody was outraged about white cops killing black, uh, you know, perpetrators or black uh, kids or black? No, no, of course you don't, because that was the whole point of not having video. The whole point of not having video was that you wouldn't be disturbed by police shootings of unarmed black men. And this here is one of those. This is a, a, a situation where two things are true. The person who ended up dead was an unarmed black man. And he resisted arrest and grabbed for the police officer's taser. And the police officer apparently panicked or thought he was in danger and uh, decided not to shoot the kid in the shoulder, which would have preserved his life, but to shoot him in the back of his brain. And you can see he's gone immediately. So the only question left is what should happen, right? This is why I ask you, do you prosecute a case like this? And if you do, now that we've watched trials together, right, you know how they go. You know exactly how it goes. So you get a defense attorney uh, who's going to just completely, you know, trash any, any notion of uh, this person having a right to live and you're going to get a prosecutor who absolutely trashes the police officer's, uh, you know, a, a fear for bodily injury or harm. And nobody will be satisfied. There will not be a decent answer to, you know, what should happen here. Because the only reasonable answer to what should happen here is that you don't pursue somebody who hasn't done violent crime, who isn't armed for a license plate traffic violation. And unless and until we all see a de-escalation in the way that we deal with traffic stops, and this is why I'm almost, you know, 100% there where, you know, traffic stops are just done by, you know, cameras and you get a ticket in the mail. I'm almost there. But then, you know, people will just be getting tickets in the mail and then you will have to go and you will have to, you know, face the video and you will have to say, that's not even me or that's not even my car or whatever it is. But this interaction between young men of color and white police officers just doesn't seem to go very well. It just doesn't in certain areas. Now, yesterday, we had the anomaly of a, of a mass shooting, uh, you know, with, with a black man uh, being uh, not just the suspect, but the black man actually doing it. That's, that's rare. You don't see a lot of, you know, mass shooters that, uh, you know, were equal opportunity haters. I mean, this guy hated on everybody. I never saw such video like I saw from this guy yesterday, right? This uh, Frank James dude. I mean, he, he, he hated everybody. He attacked Chinese people. He attacked Spanish speakers. He attacked other black people. He attacked women. He, atta he was an equal opportunity, you know, uh, just hater. This man was so angry. But obviously, he had just gotten out of uh, a mental illness. Uh, he had been actually in a facility for mental illness. And then ended up going back to the, the facility, but worked there. Did you know that? No, you probably didn't know that because everybody's just, you know, like, oh, he did it and that's it. And we don't need to know what's going on with people. We don't need to know, uh, you know, like why people are so uh, angry. We don't need to understand why people are so, uh, you know, hateful. We don't need to know whether or not they're, they, you know, they, they, they were uh, somehow, you know, 
triggered. We don't need to know that. All we need to do is lock them up, just lock them up. But you know, these things just don't go well. They just don't go well. But you know, listen, if, if, if the video was hard to watch, can you imagine what it's like being either of these two people in the video? It's just sad and it keeps repeating and that's the problem. It repeats over and over and over and we keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Brother David. Sister, ain't it the truth? Yeah. History repeated is history repeated. Forget about it. Every day it repeats. It's just a question of uh, can you get the video? Exactly. And that is the thing. We all have it now. I'm calling you today partly because uh, Cousin Kathleen and I are getting ready to drive up to Grand Rapids. There's a huge protest, even as we speak, happening. Um, this Michigan is a swing state. Um, there is a purple thread that runs through it. And between this, with someone whose family had just come from the Congo and probably was confused and didn't understand, and uh, the outcome of the Whitmer would be abductors trials. Oh my God! Oh, well, two of them so will be So check retried. out the defense of a white guy. Okay, so here you have yeah. you know, in case you're not familiar with what Brother David and I are actually you know referring to. So Gretchen Whitmer, as you know, uh, they plotted and planned to kidnap her, try her, and execute her. Right, four guys. Four mm-hmm. guys got charged. Two guys, the jury hung. They couldn't figure out what to do with these two guys. And then the other two guys, they acquitted saying, saying that the other guy was so stoned all the time living in like grandma's basement that he was too stupid to have even come up with a plot. And they let him go. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So and then then our current our we just lost Fred Upton. He's not running for reelection because they redistricted. And the only person is a mini it. I'm praying a Democrat shows up just to give him a challenge. Um, keep your eye on Michigan coming up because okay. um, we're awake. Happy love you Easter. always. I love Happy you Easter, too. Donnie. Well oh. done, David. Thank you. <laughs> he knows how to hit a post. He's such a pro. Isn't he a pro? He's amazing. Oh, by the way, we're going to be off tomorrow. It's Pesach. Look it up. <laughs> Five six one two seven zero thirty eight forty four. Five six one two seven zero thirty eight forty four. When you think about all the things he could have done, to avoid shooting Patrick in the back of the head, just just think about that for a second. This officer failed to follow the basic training when he engages Patrick, he goes and put hands on him and when Patrick goes to walk away, he could have just stepped back and called for backup. I mean, he had the car. He had the passenger in the car. All he had to do 
was to call for backup and wait. And this matter could have ended so differently. You know, that's my point, too. I, I just saw that. That's, uh, you know, Ben Crump doing a press conference there. And, yes, it could have all ended so differently. The, the guy was 26 years old. He does have two kids. English is not his first language. The translator that you hear is a Congolese translator so that the family can understand what Ben Crump is saying because they don't speak English as a first language. They are, you know, Africans who are fleeing violent places in the first place and then come here and end up dead on someone's lawn because their license plate doesn't match the car now i don't know what the backstory to that is it could have been you know a stolen car it could not be a stolen car it could have been you know a plate that somebody uh, took off of a, 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 a you know a, their mother's car and put it on this car. i have no idea and we, we won't know we won't know because he's dead And we keep doing this over and over and over, expecting a different result. And people are already in their corners about whether or not, you know, oh, he resisted. This is justified. Using words like justified. Well, if the criminal penalty in Michigan, I looked it up, for resisting arrest without bodily harm to the officer is two years, okay, two years in prison and or a $2,000 fine, then why is capital punishment the sentence this kid got? I'm really glad you said that real quick, Randy, because we've had some really charming callers that have been saying that exact sentiment. A number of gentlemen have called in and said he's resisting, so what happens happens. He's resisting, so he he got killed. Yes, he was resisting. I'm not arguing. Nobody would argue with you. That was he. He totally ran away. He totally freaked out. I don't know if he was scared. I don't know if he uh, had some consciousness of guilt. I really don't know, and you don't know. But the penalty for resisting arrest is a $2,000 fine and up to two years in jail. guy's 26 he would have been out if he got the maximum sentence he would have been out when he was 28 years old and his children would live to see their father at their wedding so what is it in your head that makes you say if you resist arrest it's the death penalty I'm sorry, but that is not the code. That is not the uh, law. It is not the penalty. It's not the statute. It's not what you would be charged with. It's not what you would be facing if you lived to make it into a court of law for resisting arrest. Now, if you hurt the officer, right, if you actually cause bodily injury and that bodily injury required medical attention, you might be subject to up to four years, up to four years in prison and a $5,000 fine. So if, let's say, this officer was not injured, but if this officer had been injured and needed medical attention, still Patrick would have been out of jail if he got the maximum penalty when he was 30. And his children would have lived to see their dad at their wedding. So what's wrong with you? That you think that resisting arrest is worthy of capital punishment resisting arrest is a capital crime now this is america for god's sake this is not uh, you know we're not russians we're not china it's unbelievable to me this was just uh, we gotta learn to not escalate traffic stops into life and death situations it's gotta stop
Asani in Michigan. Hi, Ray. Hi, Asani. How are you? I'm sorry. I mean, this is just so deep that I have to just call. You know, I mean, good thing that I just grabbed my kids on the bus. Randy, do you know, like you say, like this guy was terrified. No, the guy was not like, I mean, I mean scared. The guy was terrified. Randy, do you know what is the most scary thing for a foreign guy like me, somebody who came from Africa or Jamaica? You know, is the police. You know, when we come here, the first thing we face is at the airport is like man with gun. They have to decide if we can come in or if we cannot come in. Now, no matter how how good our paper is, okay, how legal we are, and now you enter the city, the town, or whatever, now you start seeing them everywhere. Because, you know, in Africa, we don't see police. You see police as a big thing or something bad is about to happen or something bad really happened, right? And the police here, the way they dress up, is so intimidating. You know, I'm telling you from experience. When, you know, I have friends. I have friends. The police pull them over. They don't want to speak. Even if they speak English, they don't want to talk. By God. This guy was because, terrified. Because this guy was scared. I'm pretty sure that's the first time that he has to deal with the police. I yeah, d- he take off. Yeah, I, listen, I, I just don't understand why every single time a traffic stop with somebody who runs away ends up in mm-hmm. the death sentence. I don't mm-hmm. I don't understand mm-hmm. it. I don't I don't know why that has to be the result here. I, 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 I mean, mean uh, we're, we're pretending like we didn't have, you know, uh, police forever in this country. Mm-hmm. Not everybody mm-hmm. ended up dead like this now. Right. I right. mean, this you're right. It's because I mean, and, 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 so and how long this been happening? How uh, long? This is the one that we know now that we got cameras. How many times they've been killing black people? How over many times they've been killing other people? Over you and know? over. But over Randy, and over. honest to God, an African man, a Jamaican man, a foreign man, the most scary thing for us is the police. Right right now, well, I'm a U.S. citizen. I don't even want to mess with the police. I don't, I'm not saying I don't like the police. But seeing them, my body starts itching. Real talk. Uh-huh. And I have friends who make fun of that. Like, you know how I know the police around me when, I, my, when, my, when my hands start itching on my body. I swear to God. This guy was very scared. This guy from Congo. This guy is a peaceful guy. Congo people, what do you do? They just eat and drink and just dance. You know? I'm pretty sure he was scared. He was scared. And now he's dead. He's dead. Now he's dead. Uh, 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 the police uh, couldn't do anything else. You couldn't, like, what, find him or just find him or do something else. Just go else. back to the cruiser and you know? call for backup. You know what right. I mean? Just go back to the cruiser. You got the passenger there, right? Right. And you got his car, you got and all the stuff. And you got his car, yeah. I mean, this doesn't have to keep escalating every single time to the point where the police officer either ends up hurt or on trial, and a young black man ends up dead. Why is that the result we're after? Why is that what we keep on doing? This is the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. This is video from the Grand Rapids Police Officer's Body Warrant Camera. Hey, stay in the car. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. Get in the car. Dude, I'm, I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? Do you have a license? I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? Do you have a driver's license? Do you speak English? Yes. Can I see your license? The plate doesn't belong in this car. Do you have a license or no? 
Do you have a driver's license? Where is it at? Get it for me. The plate does not belong in this car. No, 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 no. Stop, stop. Put your hands the idea so uh yes he ran yes he uh you know he did not comply <laughs> uh greg in north carolina yeah i don't see things there's anything comical about that but two things i don't hear a lot of empathy from you randy whenever police officers are shot last year was 73 killed feloniously in the action, uh, line of duty 48 and as i told the, the told pardon me 48 no i'm actually looking at 73 i'm looking at something from cnn the other thing is uh, the last Leoka report put out by the FBI. That's what I'm reading. 13, 13% of the population but were responsible for 37% of the felonious killings. Of felonious law killings officers. of a law enforcement officer. Uh huh. So that, what's that, your point what, here? That, 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 was this guy? Was this guy? Was this guy? Was this guy? Was this guy armed? Why? Was this guy armed? Why? Did he have a gun? Well, he didn't know that. Did he know of that? course he knew that. Oh, how, how do you know that? Because the guy was just standing there and running away. He didn't pull a gun. So why in the world did, did, did he, he end know up that he dead? Didn't have a concealed weapon. He, did he, know he, he pulled he, a taser. He, he pulled a taser, not a gun. So he what, must have, uh, you know, figured out that the guy didn't have a gun because he pulled a taser so if, as if a weapon. To, the police Listen, this guy was guy clearly resisting arrest, but place. he wasn't shooting. Okay, he wasn't shooting. Well, how do you know that he wasn't going to take the officer? You can't weapon. shoot you know somebody because you think they might shoot you. No, you can't. Right. So what is your point? Is so you're what saying, saying is, resisting. Don't resist I, to arrest. I told you. The don't scuffle with the police It officer. is not a capital don't get crime. Into a physical it's not a capital crime to resist arrest. It just isn't. If you want you it get, to be a capital it, crime, then make your legislature oh, 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 make it so a capital crime because it isn't a capital crime. If the police officer. If the, a police officer? Yes. And it's still not a capital oh. crime. If a police officer is injured, okay, by oh, a perpetrator, oh. right? Oh. The penalty for that, uh -huh. the penalty for that is four years. Why? No, is the penalty the, for yes. that in New York is you get out on bail until you. Oh God! See, this is what you guys Can do. I just say, he Randy, just keep, keeps changing the subject the, from one thing to another. I give him numbers; he disagrees with the numbers. Then I tell him what the penalty is for resisting arrest, and it's not a capital crime. Obviously, the police officer was not injured, and so the maximum amount of time that this particular guy who clearly resisted arrest was facing was two years. Two years. Why is he dead? 
Oh, because he might have. You can't shoot somebody. Cops are trained. You're not. You're freaked out. You're scared of black men. Admit it. Admit it. Have your come to Jesus moment and admit that you're terrified of black guys who run away. The intrinsic racism in that call, the, the on a day when an unarmed black man again is killed by a, a police officer, he feels emboldened to call you and yell at you for not bringing light to, more to officers' deaths. And by the way, black people kill officers more than anybody else. Why aren't you saying that, Randy, on a day when another unarmed black man is dead? I just... Well, first of all, it's not true. And second, it doesn't matter. This is not that. This is not a case of a black kid trying to kill a police officer. This isn't a case of a kid with a gun. This is the case of an unarmed 26-year-old black man in Grand Rapids, Michigan, in a, obviously, in a neighborhood, uh, you know, well-manicured neighborhood. Uh, And all he's doing is driving a car with a bad license plate. Okay, not good, but not capital offense not the death penalty. And this guy that calls me, he's terrified of black men trying to shoot. This kid didn't have a weapon. Tamir Rice was 12 years old and that same caller would call me and say the same damn thing for a 12 year old who had a toy gun, okay? Uh, Daniel Prude, he wanted to bring up New York? Good, let's bring up New York. Do you remember Daniel Prude, moron? That guy was nude, he was naked. Where was he hiding a gun? up his bum, and he ended up dead? Give me a freaking break. Philando Castile was in a car with a four-year-old baby in the back, told the police that he had a license to carry and that there was a gun in his glove box and to please go get it to, you know, he'll keep his hands on the steering wheel. The gun is in the glove box. I have a license to carry. And he ends up dead in front of his girlfriend with her four-year-old in the back seat. How in the world do you conflate people with guns and people without guns by skin color? I mean, how do you even get there in your head? Well, he's black, therefore he's a threat. That's what you want to say. That's what you meant to say. Actually, that's what you did say, and that's sick because resisting arrest is not a capital crime. And everybody in this audience who thinks that resisting arrest, you deserve to die, is there's something wrong with you. Your, your, your ability to think your way in and out of difficult situations is shattered. It's gone. It's been replaced by your fear and loathing. And that's sad. LaDonna in Arizona. Hi, Randy, first time caller. Oh, hey. Um, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to say that uh, here in Arizona, I, a couple years ago, I watched uh, the police shoot a white guy, but the, and he jumped out of his truck with the gun, threatening them, you know. And then when they looked in his truck, he had a bunch of guns on the seat. You know, I don't think that if this guy had been white, the cop would have done that to him. Well, we know that because look don't. at uh, January 6th, okay? January 6th, you had a whole bunch of white guys dressed up in tactical yeah. gear, okay, with flagpoles yeah. and, ta- and, and, and walkie-talkies and helmets and bear spray, literally beating the crap out of police officers, okay? And they were yeah. charged with yeah. trespassing. 
Yeah, and there's people running around oh. still on uh, the MAGA side saying, You don't oh, even have to wonder. Those weren't Republicans. It, you don't even they have were saying, to wonder. Those are Republicans. Republicans wouldn't beat up the cops. You know, I saw a woman say that. Oh, yeah, well, you know, guess what? They, they did. Won't, they still won't admit that they, it was their own uh, that's, people that's, that did that's, it. that's what I'm saying. That's, you know, that's their problem. That's not my problem. That's not a statistic problem. That's not a numbers problem. That's not a fact problem. That is a problem with fear and loathing. That is a problem with I can do whatever I want. That is a problem with privilege. That is a problem where people just don't see the, the, the recent history in front of their face. They see a young black man resisting arrest which he clearly did and i'm not defending his uh, you know right to do that i don't think he has a right to do that but it's not a capital offense this the, the the penalty for doing that is not death it just isn't and if you think it should be make it that way but right now in no state is that a capital offense okay you don't get the death penalty but if you want to know what would have happened if that was a white guy just look at january 6th it was white boy day. They got to beat up every police officer, bear spray every police officer, hit them, beat them, put them you know, fear of bodily harm. But black, black men, black men. See, you just you, you don't know what you're dealing with, even if he's 12 and it's a toy gun, even if he's naked. He, he must be carrying a gun. He must represent some threat. We have to kill him. Even if you have a license to carry and the gun is secured in your glove box, you still end up dead in front of your girlfriend and her four-year-old in the backseat of a car. You, be- you better look inside yourself. Mary had a little man, man, man. The fault. We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream. Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a segment of your imagination. Randy Road Show. Turn up your mind. Outgun Ukrainian forces climb rooftops to target Russian tanks parked next to churches. The fight has been bloody and deadly. And now Russia says thousands of the city's defenders have surrendered. Yesterday, Ukraine's 36th Marine Brigade recorded this video that sounds like a goodbye. The reality is that the city is under blockade and encircled, and we did not have any supplies of ammunition or food. We were holding these positions till the end. We did not leave our positions. We remain faithful and will always be faithful. Glory to Ukraine. Glory to the heroes. Mariupol would be the largest city that Russia has captured. It would also help Russia link what it controls in the Donbass with territory as far west as Kherson. Mariupol is, you know, the heart of this war today. It's beating. And if it stops beating, we will be in a weaker position. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky worries if Mariupol is captured, Russia could reverse its setbacks. The stronger our position in Mariupol, we will have advantages in the dialogue with the Russian Federation. If our situation is weak, the talks will not happen because Russia will take steps which will lead to coming back to those cities which we liberated. To try and prevent that, President Biden announced today an additional $800 million of weapons to Ukraine, including for the first time armored personnel carriers, drone boats, radars, and artillery systems and rounds. Before today's announcement, Zelensky took to social media to demand more. 
freedom must be armed better than tyranny. Western countries have everything to make it happen. The final victory over the tyranny and the number of people saved depends on them. Arm Ukraine now to defend freedom. Today, Zelensky spoke with President Biden about weapons and holding Russia accountable for a campaign that President Biden yesterday called genocide. Yes, I called it genocide because it's become clearer and clearer that Putin is just trying to wipe out the idea of even being able to be a Ukrainian. Nowhere is that more apparent than Mariupol. Today, a report for the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe called the strike that destroyed a maternity hospital a, quote, clear violation of international humanitarian law, and those responsible for it have committed a war crime. Today, Mayor Vadim Boychenko accused Russia of killing civilians and burning their bodies. The bodies have disappeared somewhere. Where did they go? They are trying to hide them. They collect the bodies. Thirteen mobile crematoria have arrived in the city and are being prepared to get rid of the evidence of war crimes. There are still 120,000 people trapped in Mariupol, and there's little preventing Russia from targeting them next. So it looks like uh, Mariupol surrendered. It looks like uh, Mariupol has been taken. And this is what hatred gets you. This is what this is what this kind of vile confusion about the other gets you. I mean, these people are so closely related, it's unbelievable. They're like brothers, and they're still, you have powerful elite that are still able to stir up ethnic hatred for people who are ethnically nearly identical. This is where you go. This is what hatred gets you. The inability to, 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 you know, trust that law enforcement knows that a 12-year-old uh, Tamir Rice with a toy gun isn't a threat. Uh, well, too bad. You know, he ends up dead. Or a naked guy, a naked guy, Daniel Prude, who was having a, a mental illness, some sort of break with reality, who's naked. He's totally stark raving nude in the middle of the winter in Rochester, New York, where it's freaking freezing, ends up dead because he's a threat, too. He's a threat, too. What? George Floyd, was he a threat? Eric Garner was selling loose cigarettes on the street. Was he a threat? Well, he was black, I guess he was. Philando Castile, who was a licensed gun owner who had his gun secured in the car, told the cops, it's in the glove box, go ahead, take it. You know, I, I don't want anything to do with the gun. I mean, you know, nothing at all. Ends up dead. A bullet to his freaking head, shot in front of his girlfriend and a four-year-old baby in the backseat of the car. I mean, if, if, if you think that law enforcement is so unprofessional and poorly trained that they can't tell the difference between an unarmed guy and an armed guy, then we got real problems with the citizenry, not with the police. Oh, my God. This is what it looks like when hatred ramps up to the point where, I swear to God, where, where, where people disappear, where people are, they're incinerating bodies in, in, in a city that is so closely related to the other city. I mean, it's just, it's bizarre. But this is where we're going. This is where we're heading. This escalation of anger, hostility, resentment, fear, loathing, all of it, all of it. We're being invaded. There's hordes at the border and, and these stunts, these political, you know, like morons that lead us. 
oh my God, we are headed for a disaster here. All I asked at the beginning of the show was, could you prosecute anybody for what happened in that uh, situation over there with Patrick? Uh, and my, my conclusion is you probably couldn't. You probably couldn't prosecute anybody for anything. Because Patrick's dead, so you can't prosecute him for resisting arrest, which would have gotten him two years. And you can't prosecute the police officer for wrongful death because Patrick grabbed for his taser and we have a, a, a jury pool in this country that thinks that's a capital offense. Wow. We're so screwed. We're in so much trouble. Uh, Penny in New York. Hi, Randy. I just... When I watch that video, I, I see a different scenario. No one who's about to run is going to close the car door, number one, before they run. But he walked around the, was walking around the car. Perhaps he was going to the other side to, to look in the glove department since the guy in the car couldn't find the license? No, he ran. He ran after the cop grabbed him. No, he ran. He ran away. I mean, you know, listen, it, it, this was resisting arrest. There's no question. But the, the penalty for that is not death. But initially, when he closed that car door, he was walking and the cop grabbed him. He said, That's no, when he, the cop said, no, no, no. No, no, no. But initially, what I'm saying is when he closed the car door, he looked like he was getting ready to walk around the car to the other side. We'll never know because he's dead. Go into the car to find a license since the guy in the car couldn't find it. That's just my, my, the way I saw it. Right, and it doesn't matter because he's dead. Because yeah. the whole thing escalated. And, and that is the whole point. We keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And you have people in, in this audience and people all over this country that think that if you close the door too hard or if you have a license to own a gun but you're black, you're guilty of something. Or if you're 12 and you have a toy, you're guilty of something. If you're naked and having a mental break, you're guilty of something. Something so bad that you need to be dead. You need to be killed by an unprofessional, militarized law enforcement agency who couldn't even catch a mass murderer yesterday, okay? That's how unprofessional they are. You know, yesterday, that guy who, who did, uh, 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 you know, shoot people in the subway, I mean, just was shooting people in the subway, he called the cops and said, come get me. I'm at a McDonald's on the Lower East Side. Now, first of all, that's a crime. Lower East Side. You know what you got down there? You got like the best Sicilian pies in the history of the universe. You got bagels down there. You got pastrami that is just like, Mwah! and he's at a McDonald's again. Mental. But he called the cops on himself. The police couldn't even find him. People were taking photographs of him. People were spotting him everywhere, all over New York. He had to freaking dial himself in. This is an unprofessional police force we got on our hands here. You want to know why crime's out of control? Have a look. Have a look at what is going on. My God, it's like we, 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 it's like a video game. Something is so wrong in America. And you keep ratcheting this crap up. You keep on dividing people. You keep on, you know, building resentments and hatred. You're going to look like Ukraine. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. 
Is she right? I think she is right. Uh, the caller that said that he closed the door and looked like he was going around the front of the car to go to the passenger side to get his driver's license, I think she was right. Get it for me. What's that? The plate does not belong in this car. Opens the door. Asks his friend, can you get my license or something? We don't know. Right there. Closes the door. No, no, And looks no, like no. he's going Stop. around to Stop. the passenger side. Stop. She's right. She's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for uh, making me relook at that. Thank you. You're right. I, and I was with you until you just rewatched it and highlighted yeah. it, and she is absolutely right, in my opinion. Yeah, she is. She's right. That's probably what he was doing. He closed the car door, just like she said, and he was walking around the front of the car, probably going to the passenger side because his friend couldn't find his driver's license, so he was going to the other side to get his driver's license. But now he's dead because people are hateful, because people are suspicious of black people. All right, uh, Dave. Oh, he did? He hung up? Oh, he is? Okay. Dave? Yes, hello? Yes, hi, Dave. Yes, Randy. Nice to speak with you. Thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you. Now, the the instance that happened, it goes on in all of our streets every day. It does? It does. And how can we help? The patience, I think, and understanding about... Actually, it's about a professional police force, which we don't have. We have a militarized uh, well, police it, force. Yes, we yes, have a police yes, force. We have a police force that looks like the military. And they don't how, look like your neighbors. They don't look like a, you know part how, of the community. They look like they're there how, how can to we hurt help, you. How can we help them be better? Well, I, I'm telling you right now, if we would demilitarize the police, number one. Number two, we would actually make people live in the places that they police. Number three, they would have to walk a beat and know who lives in the neighborhood and know what's unusual for the neighborhood, like we used to. Like we used to. But we don't do that anymore. Like, like our parents. Yes, like what, the way I grew up. Me too. So that's the answer. But instead, we have this escalation, a race to, you know, who can, who, who can uh, you know, uh, uh, beat the other one up uh, better, faster, bigger, badder, who's got a... Well, there's always a bigger bully. How can we help? Okay, I think I answered your question, Dave. And uh, by the way, I'm sorry, Bruce. Dave, you said you wanted to talk about Katanji Brown Jackson, and you kept calling Brett over and over to say you wanted to talk about Katanji Brown Jackson. And Brett was trying to tell you that that was not the topic of the show, but I decided that you kept calling him and harassing him. So I would put you on the air and give you your two minutes of fame, and you could talk about Katanji Brown Jackson. But I picked up the phone, you had hung up, then you called back again, and you 
decided to talk about a shooting you didn't see because Brett asked you, did you see the shooting? And you said, no, I want to talk about Katanji Brown Jackson. So there is no dealing with you today, Dave. We tried. We tried. Eight ways to Sunday. Here's how I fix it for you. Get your own stinking podcast. <laughs> All right. Bruce in Florida. Hi, Randy. Hi, Bruce. I've never called you before, but I've been listening to you for over 20. Oh, God, I was going <laughs> to say, don't do that. <laughs> Listen. I just want to tell you that these people really pissed me off. And the guy that made me call you today was the guy that said that he could have had a gun. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I and, mean, I, and, was, and I could be a Viking. You know what I mean? There's exactly. So many things could I mean, be. What was he going to do? Run off and then hide in the bushes and shoot him or something? Uh, you know, listen, the, the the training is bad. The professionalism is lacking. The care and concern is gone. Everybody is suspicious of people of color, people with accents, people with brown skin. The brown ones don't trust the black ones, and the black ones don't trust the white ones, and the white ones don't trust the everybody. And it's all a mess. It's a mess. It is an absolute gigantic mess, and we keep doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results. I know it, it doesn't it, crime, you know, we, gun crime is, you know, out of control. Right. And all the other crimes are, you know, rock bottom. Right. We don't have property crime anymore. We don't have, you know, people are basically OK. But when it comes to traffic stops, that's where it all goes haywire over and yeah, over but, and over. But even that lady, even that lady that called. But, oh, he walked around the he walked around the No, car. she was saying that she understood what the kid was doing, that he went to get his license, and the police oh, okay. put, put their hands on him, and that's when he ran. He got scared because they the, the police officer put his hands on the kid, and the kid was just going to the front of the car to go around to the passenger side to retrieve his license. That's what she okay, was saying. Okay, I didn't understand that. Yeah, part. I did, I did. So that's why we played the video right. again, and she was absolutely right. She was correct. That's all he was doing. He did close the car door, which insinuates he's not fleeing, right? He's, if he was going to flee, he would jump in the car and he would drive off. But he didn't. He closed the car door and he walked around the front of the car. And obviously he was going to the passenger side, which is what the caller said she saw. So I replayed it and she's absolutely right. That's exactly what he was doing. But now he's dead. Elmore in New York. Hi, Randy. Hi. I just want—I just wanted to say that black males are born guilty. We're yeah. Guilty so, so are first. so are brown males with accents. That's right. Yes, yeah. but today this is the black man. All right. So, uh, and well, he was a first... black man with an accent. That's what right. I'm saying. And exactly. It's almost yeah. like the trifecta of "Hey, kill me," you know. One of the first laws they passed after slavery was over was. No loitering. So you could leave the plantation, but don't stop walking. Right. 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 Um, vacancy law. So I mean, you, you know, and and these and the police are the 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 historical origin of the uh, patty roller. 
Yeah, I listen, but it's the 21st century, Elmore, and nothing's changed. But it's still that's that way. So, that's right. right. That's it's right. still that way. That's my point. Well, yeah. I agree with you. And, and it's so, I don't know why people are going to expect something different to occur if we don't do something different. Right. Right. We keep repeating the same old hard mistakes and wanting to go backwards, wanting to go backwards, wanting to go backwards. We're, it's ridiculous. It, 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 we're, the, we're like a surveillance state with, with dead people everywhere, and it's like, yeah, he deserved it. Connect. To speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. You want to see where we're going? You want to see what's going to happen? You want to see what it looks like when the police have all that kind of power over you and your life and your uh, their judge, jury, and executioner? Okay. The, the, I'm going to show you that this is, this, is, this is China. This is China. Okay? This is a, this is a man who may be positive for COVID, I swear to God. Remember, China right now has over 400, well, just about 400 million people under lockdown to the point where they're starving in their $4 million apartments. Swear to God, that's happening. Okay, this is what happens when society, when a culture goes crazy with, uh, you know, like, we're right, you're wrong, or resentment, or, you know, I alone can fix it, okay? So this is a man who is probably positive, and they want to deport him to the COVID isolation hotel, and he doesn't want to go, okay? There he is on his balcony. There's his sliding glass door. He doesn't want to go. They're all in his apartment, though. You can see all the hazmat gear. And they got a stick. A stick. Look. Breaking his door. His little sliding glass door there. breaking his windows to take him away because they think he's positive and he has to go to the hotel. Oh, and they broke through the door and they got him. One, two, three, four, five. There's six people to take this man. say that's a good result and they're doing it over and over and over and over expecting it to go well in uh, China where Donald Trump loves President Xi who's doing this who's doing this because only one person you know does this in China and it's Xi I'm sure they just wanted to give him his dose of ivermectin he'll be fine maybe there was trying to maybe that big bar was really the UV light that they were trying to get up his bum to cure him, to give him the, the, the biggest, baddest, best cure for his COVID, which they don't even know if he had. Do you, do you understand that this, uh, you know, this, this, this slouching toward aut- autocracy, this, this, this crazy ass way that we are self-governing, uh, you know, in this country is not working? Do you get that? And nothing good will come from it. 
They're banning books now. You know, it's funny because when Dave called and he wanted to talk about Katanji Brown, uh, I, you know, I, I wanted to mention to him that that brilliant woman with the grace of, of a thousand people that I would aspire to be all in one human being had to sit there and listen to Ivy League losers like Ted Cruz ask her questions like, can babies be racist? He literally asked her that because he wanted to ban a book. He wanted to ban a book. And she is the Supreme Court justice in waiting now. And he wanted to ask her if babies could be racist as if it was a real thing that he had to concern himself with. He was just looking to score points among the anti critical race theory crowd that is not so agitated now that they literally want to ban books and somehow hold in their head that they're the good guys. Good guys aren't afraid of ideas. Good guys aren't afraid of books. Good guys with Ivy League educations don't ask other Ivy League, she was a she was a colleague of him. They went to school. They knew each other from Harvard, for God's sake. Uh, people of good moral composition or character don't ask Harvard classmates to score political points if racist uh, if babies can be racist or express the desire to ban books in front of her and think he's a good guy. This is sick. And this can't end well. And this escalation of hatred in this country, it's at critical mass. I don't know how else to tell it to you. We have states like Kentucky that literally passed a piece of legislation that was vetoed by the governor. It was so asinine and hurtful and harmful to ban something we're not doing, teaching CRT in schools, but banned books about slavery from being taught in Kentucky public schools. You know, if people control your history, guess what else they're going to control about you? Your future. But more importantly, your present. This is not going to end well. Do you understand that? Look, Putin is fighting in Ukraine because he wants to ban the Ukrainian language. He says it's a silly made-up language. This is what's, you know, putting air in his sails where he's literally killing people because he doesn't like their language. He doesn't think they should exist anymore. He has literally forcibly deported... Uh huh. Forcibly deported 975,000 people. Almost a million people have just, woo, disappeared. And we know that 95,000 of them have been forcibly relocated to Siberia. Some of them were sent to Chechnya. Uh huh. I, I bet you that's what the filtration camps were all about. Like the younger ones, the prettier ones, the ones that are still rapable got sent to Chechnya as a thank you gift for Kardizov, 
the Chechen freaking warlord. And you know that they're there in Ukraine, right? You know that. You know how you know? There's beheadings. There's beheadings. Chechnyans are Muslim. And they believe, you know, beheadings are, you know, great ways to kill people. So you know they're there. Wagner. Do you know why the Wagner Group is called the Wagner Group? Do you know why? Do you have any idea? Well, it's owned by a Nazi. Yeah. Wagner is actually named after Hitler's favorite composer. Wagner. They're all Nazis, but they told their people that they were going after, they were denazifying a place that didn't have Nazis so that they could be Nazis. Everything is, is backward. Everything, I mean, it's crazy. And this is where we're going. This is where we're headed. This kind of hatred, this kind of resentment, this kind of, well, it has to be done. You had to kill that kid. That kid had to die. He resisted. Kill him. This is the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. This is Vlad. Uh, lying to his people about what they're doing in Ukraine, uh, they're denazifying Ukraine. We help people saving them from Nazis. We take measures to ensure Russia's own security. It's obvious we had no other choice. It's the right decision. We have no doubt that our goals will be achieved. It's impossible to do with a country as huge as Russia. Therefore, we'll work with partners who want to cooperate. The clash with neo-Nazi forces in Ukraine was unavoidable. They were choosing a time to attack us. Later developments showed how deeply it was embedded. It's an obvious fact that neo-Nazism became a fact of life in a very big country. Very close to us. Sounded like that caller that started the show off, right? Well, they were gonna, you know, the, the kid needed to die because what if he did have a gun? How could the police not know, you know, how could the police know that he did not have a gun? Don't you know that you have to prove a negative if you don't want to end up dead in this world? Don't you know that? That's Putin's argument. And here they are going full on fascist Nazi. There's camps. You understand what I'm saying? There's camps. This is what I'm telling you when I tell you that they've forcibly disappeared people. They have forcibly relocated people. They have moved people 5,500 miles from their homes to the hinterlands in Siberia. And you know what's crazy about that? That's kind of, well, it's exactly what Stalin did. I just want you to understand that Stalin is a fake name too, you know. Stalin means man of steel in Russian. Uh, it's not his name. His name ends in like Kashvili because he's from Georgia. He's a Georgian, Stalin was. But anyway, Stalin also did this. He uh, disappeared people. He moved Ukrainians. Yeah, this has been going on a really stinking long time. Just like our problems. 
stinking long time doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You'll never get one. But Stalin did it. He took 100,000 roughly. We don't know because a lot of people died, you know, died. And we don't know exactly how many. He forcibly disappeared and relocated. But they were Ukrainians, right? Yeah. He took them out of Ukraine and moved them to Siberia. Guess where the conscripts, the draftees, guess where they're from? They're the beet farmers in Siberia. Guess what they are? Guess what their grandparents were? Ukrainians. And now <laughs> they're taking the grandkids of the, the banished Ukrainians and telling the Ukrainians to go kill Ukrainians in Ukraine again. God. The bamboozling, the, the, the burying of history, the 180, the, 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 the everything old is new again, the fast, you know, the, the future is the past and the past. Is the... Meanwhile, no one lives in the present. Nobody wants to, you know, like have a life. Nobody, everybody's so freaking full of resentment and hatred and this and that. And oh my God, the lies, it's endless. And people end up dead and raped and dislocated shot at, starved. Do you think we have a, a future that's any different if we keep going down that road? If we keep on going down the road of resentment and hatred and fear of this one and fear of that one simply because you don't understand their, uh, their life? You don't speak their language? Do you know how similar Ukrainian is to Russian? Do you have any idea how similar it is? And yet it's different enough to cause people to want you to die. Oh my God. Mark in Florida. Hey, Randy in Florida. Um, yeah, I was a city of Miami cop back in the 80s. And, oh uh, my God, really? <laughs> yes, actually, yeah, I could, uh, any case, yeah, I worked, I worked with the river, Miami Riverboat people uh, as that case was uh, starting to develop uh, without without uh, the major parts at the end. But in any case, uh, I thought you might appreciate, I, I was working in Liberty City, and I knew within probably the first hour. <laughs> he was about to tell the truth. Somebody just kiboshed him. No, don't do that. That's not true. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, what happened? I don't even. No, no, no. That was on his end. We didn't drop him. That's why. I was no, kidding. I know we didn't drop him, but that, that sounded like a mechanical drop. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that that sound was not like uh, you know somebody hanging up. That was just disconnection. Uh, Kelly in California. Hey, Randy. Hi. On topic of hi, hun. Hey, the police. Um, I think carrying errors and omissions insurance for them, realtors, appraisers, doc, lawyers, everybody has to carry it. If they had to carry errors and omissions insurance. It would hold them accountable because it would be a claim against their E&O because these killings are costing taxpayers and communities by all these lawsuits. And then not just the death, but all the other stuff that goes with it. So I think that might be a solution. Just a, just a So, you know, I, they used to argue with people like you who would say, you know, hey, they need liability insurance, which is what E&O insurance is, errors and omissions insurance, E&O, um, is liability insurance, right? And the Republicans would always argue against you, Kelly, by saying, we're too litigious a society as it is. And now they've actually spawned vigilantes to sue women 
who may advise a friend, a daughter, a, a, a relative about where they could go get medical care if they don't want to be pregnant, right? So they become the most litigious in the universe. They have no argument against it anymore. They, they don't, but they'll make it. They'll make that same argument. But one way to hold, because the police can go from jur- jurisdiction to jurisdiction without that background showing up, they can do all these things. By having errors and omissions, it would track them. As a, as a licensed insurance agent, an appraiser, a realtor, everybody, you have to carry it. I know, I everybody had it too. So, I, I had it too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I somebody asked what some of the solutions could be. That's a potential one. Oh, Dave. So, at Randy, <laughs> you're... You're on fire today, girl. Okay. Love you dearly. Thank Ms. you. Miss Green 960. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. So, you know, that that is, you know, some of the solutions are, are exactly what she said. So here's the thing. A, a police officer, let's say, um, is kicked off the force for, I don't know, drugs or aggression or because he threw people in the back of the paddy wagon and hurt their heads and he keeps doing it and he finally 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 is taken off the police force which is next to impossible okay but they do it so what does that police officer do what does he do where does he go he goes to another police force is what he does and what she's saying is that the insurance if if Police officers had to carry liability insurance, like, you know, the person that owns your nail salon, okay, believe it or not, has liability insurance. Anyone who owns a business has liability insurance. The police don't have liability insurance, okay, because they think it would make them targets for lawsuits. But women are now targets for lawsuits, so bye bye to that argument, right? Anyway, what would happen is what she's saying. If a police officer committed enough infractions that he was removed from a force, he couldn't just go to another police force because the insurance carrier would say to the prospective, uh, you know, new police force, to the, the chief or, or the captain or whoever was doing the hiring, oh, this guy is impossible to insure. Just like, uh, you know, you, when you drive and you have a lot of accidents, you're impossible to insure. That's what she's saying might actually add a solution uh, put something on the table that might stop repeat offenders who are police officers from repeat repeatedly offending from one force to another. She's also suggesting that liability insurance would pay because that's what uh, liability insurance is, right? So let's say this police officer, you know, in this case, just let's say in this case, so there's a wrongful death uh, case that's brought. And it's successful because there were a million other things that this police officer could have done uh, besides sticking a a gun in the back of this kid's head and blowing his head off. Okay, Uh, so the insurance company, instead of the taxpayer, would pay that claim. Now we pay that claim, us, the taxpayers. So not only are we scared of our own police, scared of the militarization of our own police, worried about our neighbors, worried about our friends, worried about our children, right? But if and when something happens and we recover money damages, our neighbors are paying it instead of an insurance company. Our neighbors are paying it. And that's not even to discuss What happens to the children of the dead person? What happens to the family of the dead person? What, you know, 
which are also paid for by the community. Just food for thought, everybody. The message here is simple. Don't keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Happy Easter, happy Passover.